Hello! Um, some big news on episode seven? Six? Six or seven of the Commuter Chronicles. Um, really big news. My more professional sounding recording equipment has arrived. Um, I got a new microphone. Um, I'm probably peaking. Uh, which is a term where you kind of max out the volume intake um, because I haven't really tested this properly yet I've just thought, hey, I'm going to plug it in and have a go at recording an episode see what it sounds like and then just throw it out there um, I've been promising uh, better quality audio since uh, my first episode all the way last week um, but now it's here it's a Sennheiser Smart Lav uh, which is basically... A small tie clip mic that runs directly into a smartphone and the idea is you can use your smartphone to get much better quality recording um, rather than using a radio microphone pack so that's the technical stuff over I'm currently driving an alternative route to work because uh, I'm going to look at another car to replace my bigger thirsty car more details on that will come. The Kuda Chronicles, uh, I would say, isn't is getting an upgrade in the sense of the new car will probably be slightly newer, but it will be a far inferior model of car um, because that will save me money on petrol. Um, You'll probably tell I'm not a petrol head. Um, I'm not one of those people who's really into the details of cars. Um, I'm very much an A to B kind of person. Um, I've driven a lot of Skodas. I've had a Nissan. You know, um, these are very middle of the road cars. Uh, although my Skoda Octavia, I did love. That was not a middle of the road car. That was a cultural phenomenon and an icon in my eyes, which probably says a lot more about me than I imagine. Um, I say I'm not a petrol head. I was once in the audience of the original kind of. Uh, Clarkson, May, um, and other one, Top Gear. Um, I'd like to say that I don't really agree with a lot of the stuff Jeremy Clarkson says, um, but I can appreciate that he is a pretty funny bloke. He's uh, made a lot of money, um, and he's he's getting old. He's kind of repeated himself quite a bit now with a lot of these shows, but um, you know he's got talent and. Uh, at the, it was at the time where Top Gear had really just exploded on the scene and um, I've been doing some work with someone involved in Top Gear on a different project and they offered some tickets to be in the audience at a time when it was like it took, I think there was like a one year waiting list or two year waiting list to get tickets so you get an opportunity like that, you go for it um, and we went to the studio, me and my good friend Nathan, uh, who was also my colleague at the time and business partner and it was a hot summer's day. Uh, we stood around some cars and some smashed up things and saw some caravans blow up and people who drove around the track saying things like, shit! Um, and then they had the star and a reasonably priced car. And to my amazement, Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz were the guests. Um, this isn't a lie. This is this is the true. Um, it... 
they were there promoting the terrible action film Night and Day. So, um, they, yeah, it was kind of a bit of a surprise for us. Um, I thought it would be just some kind of middle-aged British actor in a leather jacket, but it wasn't. It was uh, two of Hollywood's hottest stars, um, and they seemed like nice, normal people. Um, under the makeup, heavy lighting, and uh, stage management. The crazy thing that happened, and this is a genuinely true story, was uh, we were near, we were probably one line of row, one row of people stood in front of us, uh, and the man in front of me, uh, a, a young chap from uh, London, I think, had a, I think he had a Batman t shirt on. I don't know why I remember that detail out of everything that happened, but from the heat he fainted. Um, and I saw him slump down in front of me and I kind of tried to support him slightly. Um, his girlfriend started hitting my hands as if I was molesting him or something, but he was lacking the ability to support his own weight on his own feet, so uh, I think I'm in the clear. Uh, and he, he kind of slumped to the floor, uh, guided by me. And while everyone else was kind of going, what's going on? What the hell's happening? Before anyone could even think about taking action, Tom Cruise leapt from the well-lit stage-managed area and just kind of glided in like one swift, uh, majestic movement using his magic powers of science and tology to just to be right next to him. Um, was kind of just checking him, administering first aid, just doing all the basic stuff that I imagine you do when somebody collapses. Uh, and the guy was okay, he had a glass of water, and Tom Cruise said, hey, come and speak to me later. Um, given the hashtag MeToo moment, uh, I don't know whether that was a really nice gesture or a deeply sinister one. Uh, Tom's all in the clear, so I'm going to assume that it was a really positive moment and one where he... Uh, took the time to speak to someone who had had medical difficulties during a recording of Top Gear. Um, and I just want to say, for legal reasons, there's no evidence that Tom has ever done anything to anyone in uh, Top Gear studio or film set um, that I know of, um, and anybody else seems to be claiming. So, you know, he's had his ups and downs in terms of people thinking, you know, He's just one of those crazy Hollywood people. But in that situation, all I saw was a man of action um, and someone who uh, just was completely unaware of his uh, celebrity presence in that situation and just wanted to help. So rather than going, oh, there's somebody else who could do that, he, he just, yeah, I've never seen anyone move. I think in my mind, I'd like to imagine he'd kind of almost done a front flip and landed on both feet. Um, but he just he just just walked fast, uh, which is what you're supposed to do in that situation. I've heard that paramedics don't run; they walk um, because they don't want to cause um, an injury to themselves by running to uh, an incident or, or injured person. Not because they're disenfranchised with their job and they don't care, but because there's some serious statistical data that backs up that walking in any emergency reduces the risk of more emergencies um, if I was the person on the floor I'd probably question it but 
I don't imagine that a seasoned paramedic would do it without the right kind of uh, information to back that up. Um, but yeah, if I was on the floor, like, bleeding, I'd find that quite a strange situation if a paramedic slowly walked towards me, grinning and saying, everything's going to be all right, while I just go, hurry up, hurry up, please, I'm bleeding. And they're going, I'll be there now. Statistically speaking, it's a lot safer for me to walk towards you than run. And I'll say, maybe for you. Um, so yeah, I'm on my way to pick up the car. I'm very excited. Um, well, I'm not picking it up. I'm just going to go and test drive. I'm really getting ahead of myself. I've got to not just turn up and fall in love with the car and go, I want it. Um, I need to be cool-headed. I need to check the miles to the gallon. I need to uh, look at the reliability scores. Uh, I need to make sure that the boot is good. Can I get car seats in it? I can't just look at it and go, yeah, and buy it like I always do. Um, but, you know, well, maybe, maybe I'm a petrol head with a tiny P uh, and a silent H. Um, which would make an F sound that doesn't make any sense, but I'm dyslexic, so it doesn't matter and you can't criticise me. Um, anyone who ever sees my tweets and criticises my tweets for having terrible grammar or bad spelling, then um, you're attacking someone who has uh, difficulties in that field and you should feel terrible about yourself. So all those grammar Nazis, um, think before you uh, attack someone for using what could be perceived as bad English. But from my point of view, it's just uh, an attempt to communicate with a, a flawed um, ability to see the details in a sentence. Um, that's my perspective. You're welcome to yours. Um, but I guess, although I kind of get, I, I kind of say I'm dyslexic, I didn't find out I was, so I was in my 20s in university and I had a two-hour session with an educational psychologist, which was, I didn't have to pay for, luckily. There was a scheme that funded it to uh, weed out people like me from... Uh, higher education and I've kind of got by without it I I have GCSEs I got a B in English which isn't bad considering I had undiagnosed dyslexia I guess you could call it but for me it, I've been very lucky it's very mild I've found workarounds and uh, what I was told was laziness and not paying attention to detail by my teachers for the majority of my school life was uh, a condition of the brain or how I process data um, and if one of my old teachers ever listened to this um, any like Miss Stone or Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Miss, Miss Shaw I can't remember but anyway if you, if you do listen to this and you were one of the people who told me my presentation was bad and um, I lacked attention to detail well I hope you feel awful because uh, maybe you should have paid a bit more attention to my needs um, despite being in a class of 35 children uh, where many of the children had serious social issues affecting their lives I realised that I probably wasn't the priority um, but still it's, it's worth raising um, I do hope that I haven't passed it on to my kids because um, actually I don't do you know what I hope if I have passed it on to my kids, I hope they just get on with it like I did um, and are lucky enough to not have it so severe that they can do that. Um, I know a guy who had really, really clever bloke, really 
intelligent, knowledgeable, retained a lot of information that he took in, um, could have a really interesting conversation on almost any topic. Um, but he didn't have any kind of qualifications because he had such severe dyslexia and he went to school at a time where it wasn't taken seriously as an issue. He was just seen as kind of disruptive and uh, not bright, I suppose. Um, and it was a real waste of potential because, uh, yeah, he was uh, a real clever bloke. Oh, I can see the car. I'm just pulling up and it's black. And I've always wanted a black car because Batman has a black car. And now I can be like him. So this is me going to have a look at a car. Signing off on this episode, it's coming up to 13 minutes long, which is slightly below average or average. Uh, I don't know. I'm not paying enough attention to care. And this is enough from me. So have a great day.